in a world where people try to do stuff they don't know how to do. One man, okay, two men, are standing by with the best advice on Earth. Ow. Well, most of the time. Welcome to the all-around home improvement hour. Now here's Charles Thayer and the man they call the Polish Powerhouse. <laughs> I always turn my volume up really loud for that blast-off part. I don't know what it is. It just yeah. feels good in my ears. Yeah, something like that. Hey, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the All-Around Home Improvement Hour. We're not live today, but we're feeling alive. All-Around, we get it done and we do it right. Hey, welcome Twin Cities News Talk listeners to the All-Around Home Improvement Hour my name is Charles Thayer. Some call me the Home Improvement Slayer. Just let it play out for a second. Get that energy flowing. Get that blood pumping. All right. And I'm with uh, the one and only, the very uh, Polish, and he's proud of it, the Polish powerhouse, Nick Zeman. Yeah. What if I answer like that to every question for the rest of the show? Uh, people would probably tell you to hurry up. That'd get annoying, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. What's happening? Lot, lot of stuff's happening. I mean, some Polish music in the background just to get things kicked off. We could keep that just as a bumper going the whole time. We really could, actually. This is a good time for me to talk about what we did a couple weeks ago that's posted on uh, our Facebook page and online in the giving back section of allaround.com. So go to Facebook and search all around. Um, but we just posted a video that kind of sums up what we were able to do a couple of weeks ago at Special Forces Paintball a Park. I, I'm not sure if Park is actually a part of their name, but Special Forces Paintball out in Buffalo. Um, our guest of the show today, uh, trusted affiliate Mitch Turgeon was with us with ABC Supply. Mitch? Welcome Hello. to the show. Yeah, so Mitch, you were with us. Had a lot of other great radio partners there. Uh, other guests that's on the show today, Bill Geschwind, unfortunately was unable to make it, but you're with us today, Bill. Glad to be here, Charles. Looking forward to the energy that you're building. For yeah, the show. Yes, yes. Trying to bring some energy. It's a little bit of a cloudy, dreary day, but you're catching us on hopefully a nicer day, the 22nd. Of September. It's supposed to be beautiful out. I think yes. uh, right around 70 and, and sunny. Very good fall day. Probably busy apple orchards this weekend, I suspect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we are pre-recorded today. We are on the 19th of September. So it's Wednesday for us, Saturday for you. Um, still, still a great show ahead, though. A lot of things to talk about. But uh, back to the point I was making is two weeks ago, we had the privilege of doing a fundraiser to benefit Wounded Warrior Project, so um, an organization that helps wounded veterans that have been injured in the line of combat serving our country. And we were able to go out and enjoy a fun day of shooting each other, running around like kids with paintball guns, 
Um, these things do hurt when they hit you. Yes, they you do. Know, Mitch, my, how does your neck feel? I, my wife just told me, uh, I think it was last night, she's like, you still have some bruises. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget when we were leaving, you were going to change your shirt, and you like showed us, and you had the, just peppered on the whole his whole side. Yeah. It just looked, welt after welt. He uh, looked yeah. like um, like a human ladybug, yeah. kind of, you know, with the dots on his back. How about, I, I, uh, want every, I want everybody to know, too, it, it wasn't that I was like cowering behind a tree. I was being aggressive. Right. And that's why that happened. Happen. Right, and you know, so is that's that what why, comes with is it. Is that, that why, why you were shot in the back those times? I mean, the, they were on your back. How are you aggressive getting shot in the back? Well, he, the one I took in the neck was friendly fire. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So. People were aggressively sneaking behind him while he <laughs> yeah. didn't see and shooting him in the back. <laughs> yeah. Even uh, Staniel McDaniel, he was there. Stan yeah. was there, that's he, right, Stan. I think he took a couple hits. Yeah, I took a couple of good shots as well. I, I'm not made up for this. Mitch, I said earlier, oh. too, he was he was in it, him and uh, Ruben. Man, they were like commandos out there. Everyone's thighs and probably lower back hurt the next day. Well, I'm you know the big, to bet that. Four days. The, four, day, four days. Four well, days. Yeah, my lower back hurt from crouching so much. Um, and there were a lot of really good guys out there that had obviously played before. I was lucky to get on their team. Yep. Um, and so it was just, it was great taking people out. I took a couple of uh, shots uh, that I did, would rather not take. And the, the inner thigh, I think, was the one that stung the most. Ow. Uh, but that's a soft spot. It was all in the name of charity and helping yes. out the wounded warriors. Um, so I encourage any listeners to check out the wounded warrior project. Um, they are just a great organization. They're doing a lot of really good things that quite frankly, a lot of people just don't have time to do and put together. And so that's why, um, that's why I encourage you to support organizations like that. Um, we were able to raise $3,270 that day. Nice. And, I mean, think about it. We did it having fun. Um, right. You know, it, it was uh, one of the funnest days of work I've ever had. Hmm. Yeah, Pledge of Allegiance even we did. Or, I'm sorry, the National Anthem. I don't know why I'm saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I actually just had that conversation last night with my daughter. Right. When do they do the Pledge of Allegiance at school? They do that still at, oh. in Delano, which is awesome. But. Uh, the National Anthem. Charles, you had your kind of moment in the spotlight where you did some singing. Yeah. I've never he heard you do that before. Not seriously, anyways. Well, I tried. It, I was really trying to be serious. I was really trying to sing well. It was. But it, it, came, it was good. It came off as a, a joke. <laughs> but I don't, I don't uh, think so. I didn't well, take it that way. We cut that part out of the video. We did. On purpose. I thought we did pretty good collectively as a group. I was, uh, yeah, I watched that video, I think it was last night, and I... Was kept rewinding. Like, where was the 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 singing part? The national anthem. Yeah, it was just painful, hard on the ears. Made the video too long. Yeah. I was just a big critic of it. I, I, I was hoping for my royalty check off of that. Yeah. Singing performance. <laughs> they tried to edit it. The video it just didn't work out. No, so, so. it didn't. Chop it. No, yeah. but uh, nonetheless, got to have fun and raise money, and I think that's the the best way to do it uh, because everybody was really engaged. Um, so. 3270 bucks to that organization. I thank everybody that was a part of it that day. And to those that did miss it, uh, Bill, you got next year. You got to come out, man. I mean, we, we got a spot for you, man. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I would be much more interested in coming out if I get to be a thrower of the paintballs than yes. if I have to be a catcher of them. I, I, listen to you guys. I'm not too excited about getting bruised and battered and shot on my inner thigh. Well, some yeah. of the guys that I envied the most, they stayed back and guarded the flags or the or the shelters, yep. right? Post because up in a yeah, tower or something. They were snipering, and it was really, you know, unfair because you just don't know where they are, and all of a sudden you're just 
hit with paint left and right. Well, the fir- the first game, I I was with one of Ruben's, uh, I would say, super duper good paintballers. He even had like his own little extra tube to fill up, and we did. We were lucky enough to capture the flag. Uh, him and I worked together, worked aside, took five guys out. We made it all the way back for him to be shot by someone on our team, <laughs> uh, for him to drop the flag, and then me to finally realize, hey, you're on my team. Stop shooting at me. Uh, that person thankfully stopped shooting. I was able to get the flag and, and finish the job. Uh, I think it was America versus France. Yeah. And that one in America prevailed. They did. They had a lot of cool things set up. They even had a doomsday replication where you where you show up on a pontoon. You know, half the t- half, one team shows up on a pontoon and storms the beaches of Normandy and and uh, the other guys were set up uh, in an ambush pattern and that was that was a lot of fun. That place is incredible. He's got a hell of a setup for sure. Yeah, the owner Jeff, he's been doing it for over 20 years. I I had a great conversation with him. You know, I I couldn't believe it, but that's that's all he does. That's what he does for a living. It is very profitable. I, I just thought it was very reasonably priced for everything we did, what we were getting, all the equipment we rented. Um, I was very surprised that that was actually his, his main gig, and, and he was proud to say it was. And so they do a really good job. I encourage uh, anybody to check them out as well. But um, obviously, most importantly, Wounded Warrior Project, check them out online. Folks, uh, in case you don't know or haven't caught the show before, this is the All Around Home Improvement Hour, where every Saturday from noon to one, we talk all things home improvement related. We also bring on partners of the show, which are other businesses that are in the industry with us. Most of them we work with day in and day out. They're a part of our business because what we do regularly during the week is we're an exterior general contractor all around. Located in Golden Valley, we service the entire metro area and parts of western Wisconsin, and we focus on exterior remodeling. And what, what does that really mean? Primarily roofs, siding, windows, and everything that goes around them, soffit, fascia, gutters, entryways, stonework, you name it. We want to help you, but we also want to be your go-to source for really anything home improvement related because even if it's something that we don't do, we chances are we know somebody in the industry that does, and they do a good job at it. So uh, you can always go to allaround.com to find out more. You can also go to Facebook and search us, and you can also email us, homeimprovementhour at allaround.com. That's all spelled out, homeimprovementhour at allaround.com. Before uh, the break, I just want to mention, Nick, that we're really getting to that point in the year and that point in the fall where it's it's kind of point of no return. Right. If, if you're not pairing up with a contractor in the next, I, I even dare to say a week at most, um, your chances are you're not looking at realistically having a project done. Of course, unless weather allows, there's always those window of opportunities no pun intended windows right there are some window of opportunities there well the thing right now is the demand is high the labor force is low so therefore if you have a good contractor out there that you know of there's a good chance that they have a book of work uh, that they already have commitments on and dates set so it can get tricky this time of year if you still are looking to get it done uh, before the actual winter hits so yeah no i just encourage you whether it's a deck windows siding roofing Whatever it is, uh, get in touch with us, allaround.com. Submit on the uh, get an estimate request right on our page, and we'd love to work with you. There is still a chance to get some projects done yet this year. It just really depends, um, but we'd love to consult with you at no obligation whatsoever and help you out. We're up against a break. When we come back, we're going to dive into roofing, venting, and insulation with 
Bill Geschwind with Minnesota Construction Law Services, and Mitch Turgeon with ABC Supply. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. This is the All Around Home Improvement Hour. I'm Charles Thayer, Home Improvement Slayer, here with the Polish Powerhouse. Uh, joining us is Mitch Turgeon with ABC Supply and Bill Geschwind with Minnesota Construction Law Services. Just want to really quickly point out that last week, Ruben Saltzman with Structure Tech Home Inspections hosted the show for Nick and I. He did a fantastic job. Rumor was Ruben was a little nervous, and it's weird because I've I've never seen the guy even not even just an ounce of sweat. No, he's stone know. cold, man. Yeah, sharp. But, uh, rumor was he was nervous, but as as a listener, you couldn't even tell. Hmm. And so uh, ratings are high right now, and they're already talking about replacing you, Nick. I I I don't doubt it. I mean, that's fine with me. I'm gonna just go ahead and. Defer my spot to Ruben. <laughs> Hurry up. You know what? Saturday at 12 o'clock every Saturday, you can take it, Ruben. Yeah, take it home and do something with you. So anyway, let's dive into uh, the show topic today, which is why ventilation is important when it comes to the roofing topic in general. You know, I think a lot of people think roofing is just shingles. Um, to us, we look at it as a system. Um, you have to have proper ventilation, insulation, and a roofing cover to create the space above your house that's going to ultimately protect your home for many, many years to come. On that topic, expert ventilation specialist, uh, Mitchell Turgeon. <laughs> expert ventilation scientist, uh, Mitch Turgeon with ABC Supply. going to really get into the weeds with yeah. it. So, Mitch, how many cubic feet of air parameter per diameter? Seven. Okay, seven? Okay, good. Yeah. So so what do you have for us, Mitch? What, what were your thoughts today? <laughs> well, my thoughts basically around there's a lot of topics, uh, or say a lot of talking, I should say, in regards to how many roofs are ventilated properly. Uh, so I did a little research this morning, and uh, Lomenko likes to say half the roofs in America are ventilated properly. It's probably probably a fair assessment. Half. Says the venting salespeople. Correct. <laughs> I just let's just hold hey, that on. is their world. That's that a, is their I world. I get it. I know I'm not saying they're wrong at all. I just want to clarify who's saying it. You get a free roof vent for getting that right. I think the water company said that people aren't drinking enough water nowadays. <laughs> too. I think Aquafina just reported that it's funny. People aren't getting their eight glasses of water a day. You would you would think that, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm gonna probably. I uh, have to agree with that because that's one of the main topics. Obviously, when you're replacing a roof, of course, you talk about the shingles and all that stuff. But then you also talk about maybe some of the reasons why the shingle didn't last as long as it did because you didn't have ventilation. You were kind of baking it uh, from the inside, and, and that didn't, uh, you know, it basically didn't prolong the life of those shingles. So yeah. getting your ventilation up to date when you do the roof is, I think, is a pretty dang important. Well, and this and this conversation actually started in regards to new construction, uh. and you know, and if you follow Ruben and Structure Tech on Facebook and everything, like they do new construction inspections, so you see some of the errors that happen in new construction, and one of them is improper ventilation on the roof. So, um, yeah, it is very important that you make sure your roof is properly ventilated, not only for the product, the shingles on your roof, but also for your home's uh, energy cost. A properly ventilated roof will actually help reduce your energy costs. Yeah, well, it that right there blew me away. That when I realized that you actually needed or you should have a home inspection done 
on new construction, I just assumed, probably like a lot of naive people, that a builder is going to have plans, like a set of um, you know drawings that they're in their building, and it's up to date. It's always up to date. They can't use drawings that are not with the current code, and that they're not going to make any mistakes because they're simply assembling a puzzle. Uh, and come to find out, boy, there's a lot of mistakes that can be made mm-hmm. in the new construction process. Oh yeah, and we, you know, I don't say are involved, but we see it all the time where, you know, a builder basically says you know, it'll say on the plan, build uh, or ventilate to code is all it says, mm-hmm. right? D- is that builder necessarily going to be uh, uh, on par with all the codes in roofing and plumbing and electrical? No, he's relying on the subcontractors. Correct. Yep. You know, and then a lot of times the subcontractor will look at the plan and say, well, it shows four uh, slantbacks on here. So they put on four slantbacks. You know, so there's a there's a lot of pointing fingers. Whose fault is it? Who's in charge of making sure it's done properly? But ultimately, if everyone's aware of it, hopefully it can curb that in the front end. Well, there's one thing I've learned dealing with a lot of different subcontractors over the years, and there's a lot of good ones out there, so I'm, I'm not generalizing here. To some extent, I think I am a little bit, but they're very good at putting the products on correctly, knowing that product. When you get into the science of it, right, how much intake should you have? How many exhaust vents? Where should the vents be placed? Do you use mixed venting and stuff? They're not as versed in that stuff. So they're generally looking uh, for the contractor to advise them on what to do, and then they're capable of following through with that plan. But a lot of times they do need direction, someone to tell them, this is the amount of vents we need, here's where you need to put them, provide the instructions so they can do that. Yeah. So I think it's good that we have this topic coming up because heading into the colder season, I just want to remind folks of kind of what we experienced last year, right? Ooh. Because history can always uh, be a great a teacher, so to speak. Last year, we had record amounts of attic spaces that were frosted up. Record amounts of phone calls where people were having moisture come into their home, and they have no idea whether it's the roof leaking or a pipe that burst. They just don't know. And 99% of them, I guess, roughly, was it wasn't actually water from the outside of the house or water from pipes it was moisture in their attic space. And and although ventilation itself doesn't prevent moisture from being in an attic space, it certainly can help yeah. mitigate moisture that is in the attic space mm-hmm. and help prevent further damage from occurring. So this is a very relevant topic, especially uh, excuse me, especially after what we experienced last year, Bill. You remember that? No, we did. And and you know, the question that keeps kind of rolling around in my mind, and I throw this out to you guys. Um, what is it that gets in a vat in an attic that has to be ventilated in the first place? I'm I'm not sure. sure. Why do we ventilate an attic to begin with? Well, you it's heat, it's heat and moisture. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest things that are gonna that are in your attic that you want to move is in the summertime when it gets really hot. Attics can get up to 150 degrees. Really hot. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you got humidity, you got moisture. Um, even if your house doesn't have a vapor barrier in the in the ceiling, going in the attic space, if it isn't properly insulated. And that can cause additional uh, moisture to move up in there. And and heat and moisture, that's what's going to kill um, that space. It's going to mold and mildew underneath your deck um, in the summer. In the winter, it's going to turn to frost. All that moisture freezes because yeah, it's not able to escape. There's enough air movement. And it turns... Uh, it turns to ice, it freezes, it turns to frost and freezes. Yeah, Mitch, what if you always wanted a sauna in your home, <laughs> but you really just couldn't afford it? I mean, would you recommend spending time in the attic space during the summer months? 
That trick question. Yeah, no, I don't. I have no. I've been up in an attic. I was up in my attic this past <laughs> summer dealing with stuff as I'm remodeling. That's a horrible it's place. It's a bad to time be. to be up there. Well, what horrible can survive being suffocated, right? If you suffocate something, what can live? Mm. Nothing. Look at your attic as a living space, right? When you breathe in, you're breathing in the air. That's your intake. That's going into the attic for you generally from your soffits. And when you're breathing out, you're releasing that air, bad air, or whatever you want to call that. That's going out of your vents, your exhaust vents on the roof. So making sure that you have a balanced system of those can ensure that your attic can properly breathe and, and survive. So, and not you know, it's, it's interesting. We had a case a couple of years ago where uh, a uh, a homeowner was absolutely convinced after a roof was replaced that they had a leak, that the roof was leaking, because every time it would rain outside, they would get water stains that would grow on the ceiling, on the sure. sheetrock. Um, the contractor got up there, ran hoses, did everything they could to try to recreate a leak, couldn't recreate the leak. What we finally figured out was because the attic wasn't properly ventilated, mm-hmm. it was getting so much heat and moisture from the house in the in the summertime on the hot summer days that when it rained, that cooled down the deck. Oh, yeah. The cool cr- caused condensation. condensation of the moisture that was in the attic. That mm-hmm. that condensate would then drip down through the insulation, stain the sheetrock. So it had nothing to. It looked like a water leak. But it wasn't a water leak. It was condensation that wasn't being adequately ventilated out of the attic in the summertime. Hmm. Yeah, some of the leaks can be very, very tough to find when uh, you know Mother Nature is playing tricks on you and physics and all that. Uh, gosh, we just had one recently where we couldn't figure out why. A gutter was leaking between the gutter and the fascia yep. on a home, um, and ended up being roofing related. It actually ended up being leak related, but man, it can, it can be tough. And so, I guess just doing the things that uh, you know that you're supposed to be doing, like making sure your contractor is putting up adequate insulation. And I mean, what's the best way to know, Mitch? I mean, what's the best way for a, speaking from a contractor, right? Because sure. it really should sure. be the contractor. Yeah. Bringing the full package, right? Yep. You, you came in you, you came in looking for a roof. Part of the roof is venting. I got to make sure you're properly vented. And some people look at that as, oh, you're going to upsell me. You're going to upsell me. And we try to explain, no, it's actually a part of what we do because if we sell you a roof, we feel responsible for It's required. The vent, vent, it's right. What's yeah. cold, so the, most of the cold is the, it's the three, it's the one in 300 rule. So cold requires you to have uh, one square foot of ventilation for every 300 square feet of attic space. Um and so then that needs to be split in half. You need to have half that ventilation coming in and the other half that ventilation going out. Yep. 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 We'll talk more about that when we come back right after the break. And also we'll get into some fun legal stuff with you Ooh-hoo. right here on the All Around Home Improvement Hour. We'll be right back. Talk listeners, welcome back. This is the All Around Home Improvement Hour. Hopefully you're all recharged after that commercial break. So before the break, we're hanging out here with Bill Geschwind with Minnesota Construction Law Offices, of course the Polish Powerhouse, and we're talking with Mitch Turgeon with ABC Supply about roofing ventilation and why it's so important. Um, Mitch, for, for the contractors out there that are listening, I mean, what are some of the tools out there so they can know how to provide their customer with a good consultation that includes making sure that their home is properly ventilated. Sure. Uh, So one thing that ABC Supply does for our customers, for anybody, any contractor that wants to learn more, um, we put on seminars. Uh, These seminars usually start in December and go through March. 
Um, and every single year we do one on ventilation. We bring in the team from Lomenko, typically Scott Piersma, does a smoke house, um, shows exactly how the ventilation works, what different products are out there, uh, how to troubleshoot some stuff. Um, there's tools. There's a Lomenko app. Yep. Uh, Owens Corning's got something on their website. There are tools online or apps that are available to contractors. If you plug in the square feet or even just the width, the width and length yep. of the home, yep. mm-hmm. and it'll tell you exactly what you need. It's pretty simple stuff. Now, the big thing to be careful of is proper application of those. Right. You don't want to be mixing different types of uh, ventilation or of exhaust, I should yep. say. Um, you want to make sure that all the exhaust is on the same plane. Yep. Um, there's some other simple steps there, too. And, and I'm happy to help guys that have questions. Lamanco is good for anybody. I mean, even if you're a homeowner and you're wondering, uh, if you went to their website, you could probably figure it out how to do it. Sure. Floor square footage, put in the type of vents that you have. It'll tell you if you got enough or not. Yeah, yeah there's really no, I think what, what we're getting at the point is there's no excuse to not uh, be prepared and have the information for your customers and for, for the customers out there, or homeowners out there listening. Um, your exterior contractor should come with solutions for ventilation and be able to tell you whether or not you're properly ventilated and insulated um, when they're getting ready to do a project. And so I encourage those um, listeners, especially the contractors out there, to plug in and play with Mitch at ABC Supply. Mitch, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Pick up the phone and call me at 612-308-2057. One more time. 612-308-2057. Five seven and ABC online abcsupply.com abcsupply.com great can you stick around for the rest of the show sure can awesome folks this is the all around home improvement hour every single week we talk all things home improvement related and we also have educational content on our website go to allaround.com and click on services there you'll go to either residential or commercial and just follow along we did just update it this year. We also have trusted affiliates on there. So, again, talking about some of the services that we don't actually offer, but the the tradespeople, the men and women in this industry that do offer those services, a lot of them are right on our website. Um, and one of those uh, trusted affiliates and longtime partner of the show, also our lawyer, that's right, scary word, right? Ooh-hoo-hoo. Our lawyer uh, that's helped us in many, many ways, uh, and I consider him a mentor of mine, uh, thank you very, very much, Bill, for being on and working with us every single day. Glad to be here and uh, appreciate the opportunity. I did have a question, Charles. I yeah. want to, you know, ba- that ventilation discussion I think was really interesting and valuable. Um, one of the questions I have for, and maybe this is the way you, you know, your business works, but others, a lot of people get their roofs replaced as part of an insula- uh, an insurance claim. Nope. We certainly have had a lot of that. Um, is ventilation ordinarily a component part of what an insurance company is ready to pay for when they are replacing a roof from a hailstorm? Typically, yeah. We, uh, I mean, obviously, I can't speak policy because I'm not licensed to do that, so it depends on the different policies. But from our experience, what we've ran into uh, is not only do we want to make sure they have it, we also have the support of the different cities and municipalities where you have inspectors that will fail inspections uh, if they don't meet those minimum requirements. So... The great part is is the insurance companies will typically pay as long as you provide them the right documentation to show that the roof is here, it's underventilated, here's what we're proposing to do, here's the additional cost to do it, which generally, depending on the house, is not a great amount of money, uh, assuming they had some vents and were halfway there at least. 
what, and you're already doing the roof. So that's the time to do it. Uh, our experience has been overwhelmingly pretty good with getting those things covered. Excellent. You know, Bill, I like that you brought that up because more and more lately, it seems like it's being uh, beginning to be just a, a tougher tug of war with certain insurance companies, with certain policies, and even certain adjusters. What's really nuts about it is how inconsistent it really is. But when you bring up, you know, are they going to cover things, code compliant things like ventilation? And, and as Nick explained, it's required. It's per code. It's we, we can't get through the project without having uh, the proper ventilation on there in order to get the permit signed off on. So we're being put in as a contractor more and more often really a tough position when it comes to working with an insurance company. Which And, and again, I, I, I want to hear from you, but I don't even think we're supposed to be, quote unquote, working with the insurance company but that's the common term right we're gonna right. we're gonna work with your insurance company to make sure that at the end of the day your house is restored back to the way that it was and that you only pay your deductible but goodness it's starting to be not even worth it to work with the insurance company and uh, in some cases we're having to just explain to our customer uh, you have an insurance policy for a reason they're supposed to replace with like kind and quality um, you don't have to go down this negotiating game back and forth. You can get this work done, and chances are they're going to pay you once once you've paid for it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's a complicated topic, as, <laughs> as lawyers like to say. Um, it's complicated, and it all depends. That's the other thing we like to say. Uh, but But you're right, and I hear more and more that insurance companies, um, for whatever reason, are not providing everything that contractors and homeowners need um, to put their home back the way it was when the damage first occurred and and potentially not to build back what the code now requires, especially if they had an older home. Yep. And that was one of the reasons I was asking about the ventilation is because um, I understand that insurance companies will replace what was already there, but if you had insufficient ventilation and in order for you to upgrade that in that ventilation to get it to where it needs to be according to current code usually requires doing work that wasn't like kind and quality it wasn't replacing what was already there and we see a lot of of insurance companies that object to paying for that at least up front they the do we, yeah the other thing we see and hear a lot about is is that um because homeowners are are are, are don't necessarily understand that they need to stay involved in the process of working with their insurance company. Um, they want to leave that to the to the contractor. The contractor maybe suggests that they can um, take on some of that responsibility on behalf of the homeowner. That uh, insurance companies tend to to maybe leave stuff off and maybe not pay a full claim. And and unless the homeowner is willing to go into an appraisal, get involved in, in challenging their insurance company, um, those extra things that they're entitled to may not get paid. Do you run into some of that uh, with what you do? Yeah, so here, I'm just going to put the spiel out there. 99.9% .9 of exterior contractors are saying, listen, all you're responsible for is the deductible. The best thing to do is to let me have your insurance paperwork, and then we can take it from here, and we can make sure that they'll pay you appropriately for this project. And then at the end of the day, we're putting back the, what's required per code and yep. what's required per manufacturer spec. And what I think is happening, just my opinion, take it for what it's worth, is that the insurance companies realize we don't have an obligation to the contractor. 
We don't have an obligation to make this this contractor. We're happy. not their customer. We're, they're, yeah, the contractor's not our customer. So you know what? We're going to give them a hard time. And we're going to give them a hard time on a lot of this stuff until they just get tired of it and just accept what we've put out there. We don't cover code. We don't cover metal. We don't cover venting. We don't cover uh, that extra ice and water over here or over there. That's what they'll say. But the code requires it. And so right. it's just, it's a really interesting topic. It's coming up more and more in our office with the different consultants. I wanted to talk about it a little bit today because I think possibly this, the best strategy for homeowners. And that's why I think it's important to, for homeowners to be involved is for homeowners, like you said, to stay involved, be a part of it, understand it makes sure, first of all, you're with a reputable contractor that's asking for legitimate items that are required and asking for fair compensation for those items. If you know you're with somebody you trust, then you know they're, they're going to be fair about it. They're not going to be excessive. Stay involved and, and request proper compensation. Yeah, I might have made it sound a little bit easier before, and I gave the short answer of, I mean, in the end, typically, yes, we're getting paid for the things because we have to do them, but it's not always easy to get to that point. It can be very difficult and, and time-consuming where it just seems like delay, 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 and then the communication side of it can get tricky where, you know, it can be tough to reach them, uh, especially with all the different events happening last year, hurricanes, obviously, now this year, they get backed up, so it can sure. get definitely tough. Uh, to get the answers that you need in a timely manner. Well, and Minnesota is one of the few states that makes it very difficult for a contractor to work on behalf of a homeowner with their insurance company. But it happens all the time. It it happens <laughs> to an extent all the time. Um, but you're right, it, and it is a challenge. And and it 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 typically homeowners need to stay involved in the project. Um, the other thing that is important from a, from a legal standpoint to remember is that the homeowners have a contract with the contractor to build. The, the repairs on their home, and the homeowners have an obligation to pay the contractor the amount that that the contractor is owed. The deductible, the concept of paying a deductible is a little bit confusing. All that means is that the insurance company is going to give you a little bit less money than what the contractor bills, and but you still got to pay the contractor full bill. Yeah, no, it's, it's great stuff, and we're going to continue the conversation right after the break, right here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130. Welcome back. Twin Cities News Talk. This is the All-Around Home Improvement Hour. Every Saturday from noon to one. Final home stretch here. Last segment of the show. Probably take this time to remind you that when in need to buy or sell a home, there is a team out there that trumps, Mm. no political pun intended, I promise, all the other teams out there. Yep, number one selling team in the country, the Minnesota real estate team, our very own right here out of Bloomington. They service the entire metro area and beyond, and there's an agent near you willing to help and answer your question. If you're looking to find out what you could sell your home for now, you can go to mnrealestateteam.com or mnrealestateshow.com and click on the valuation tab, and a real real estate agent will help you with that valuation, not just some uh, calculated algorithm. Uh, Your home is worth one million. 
I, actually, was that pretty I, close? Actually, I'll take that. That wasn't too I, bad. No, I want that one better. <laughs> one million than, yeah. divided by 100. Yeah. So now check with the folks at mnrealestateshow.com. Our good friend Ryan O'Neill with the team, the leader of their team, um, has an agent that will help you out. Uh, before the break, we're hanging out with Mitch Turgeon with ABC Supply. Of course, the Polish powerhouse, my co-host, and Bill Geschwind with Minnesota Construction Law Services. And, and the topic has kind of morphed into... Um, these little things that are required per code, per manufacturer spec, um, and parts of a project where it's just becoming tougher and tougher to get the insurance company to cooperate with the contractor themselves, which, you know, come to find out, technically, they're not really supposed to be working with the contractor. Um, and, Bill, wasn't it, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, 15, 20 years ago, where people would get a, a an adjuster and the adjuster would write an estimate or a statement or say, yep, I've been here to check your house. You have damage. Now go out and get an estimate and send it into the insurance company. Isn't that how it used to be? That was the way it was commonly done or the insurance company wouldn't necessarily come out and, and uh, provide any kind of an, of an estimate of what they would pay. Mm-hmm. And they would just tell you to go out and find a couple of contractors, have them give you a bid. Kind of like a car, right? Kind of like a car. Yeah. Kind of like a car. Just come out, make sure that it was damaged. Yep. Uh, and then and then go out get your estimate and and why do you think everything the whole industry got away from that? Uh, I think in a lot of ways the the, the and, and there's some some historical I guess stories we won't spend a lot of time on but there was some big storms back in the late 90s there were out of state contractors that came in the the true back in the day storm chasers yep. that blew into town uh, they they weren't from here they weren't local people they blew into town. Um, and they brought this practice of of not providing estimates, but simply saying whatever we can get the insurance company to pay, that's what we will take for the money. Mm-hmm. And and from that experience, the the entire way that insurance work was done changed because uh, contractors were concerned that they were bidding projects at prices that were below what the insurance companies would pay, and they were leaving money on the table. And I so think, we got away from that. Well, and I think the insurance companies um, thought that was – I'm speaking as a whole in general, thought, wow, this is great. Now we can dictate the pricing and keep everybody in line. And what I don't think that they realized, um, just being honest here, is that for a lot of things, they were paying very well, excessively. Contractors were getting paid sometimes twice what the costs were for a particular project, roof, for example, okay? Where now I think they they realize that. It's kind of caught up to them, like, hey, whoa, there's some roofs going up for less than that. You know, let's push back a little bit. And I yeah. don't know how much truth there is to that. But the defense mechanisms are up for sure because they probably feel like maybe they've been taken advantage. Well, right. They say we exactimate, exactimate. You guys got to work within exact this, this software that they use that has algorithms and, and, and calculations of what the average price is for a project. Contractors, you got to stick to this estimating, estimating software right here. Um, and what they're, I think they realized is, well, it doesn't always work in our favor. So sometimes we're going to say, use Xactimate. Sometimes we're going to say, we don't agree with Xactimate. Um, they're kind of picking and choosing what's uh, best for them. Again, I know I'm just speculating, overgeneralizing. I'm more so, I'm venting. Mitch, <laughs> I'm venting. That was the Feel show it. the show topic, <laughs> and it. so we're getting some hot air out there. Well, and, 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 and Charles, I'm not sure that, you know, 
where all that might come in. I think the insurance companies always had an understanding that if a con- that if a homeowner presented a, an uh, an estimate from a contractor for a repair job and that estimate was wildly high, that the insurance company wasn't going to have to pay that because it was there were other reasonable prices in the marketplace mm-hmm. that were less than that. So I, I think Xactimate always. Uh, for the insurance company, this is my guess. Um, always marked sort of the high price that they would ever pay, and they were, and, and it really wasn't an issue when contractors were submitting estimates because they weren't always bumping up against that highest limit that the right. contractors were allowing. Contractors learned that if they weren't bumping up against that highest limit, they were leaving money on the table. So the exactimate became sort of adopted by everybody as the pricing standard. I don't think it has to happen that way. I don't know that there's any reason why a contractor can't provide an estimate, submit it. The homeowner submits it to the insurance company as long as it's the number that the insurance company is going to be able to pay. Um, they're going to be fine with that. And most homeowners' policies allow the homeowner to select a contractor of their choice. It doesn't have to be the lowest bid contractor. They don't have to go out and get some number of estimates. Um, So they have some flexibility. One thing I should mention um, is that we are beginning to hear, and homeowners need to be careful, we're beginning to hear that that insurance companies are writing policies that are that's limiting the amount of money that they're willing to pay to repair, especially storm damage. So even though you might think as a homeowner you have a policy where you're only out-of-pocket expenses, you're, you're deductible, and we're starting to see more and more policies out there where the homeowners find out after the damage occurs that their insurance company won't even pay them enough to do the repair. That's yeah. a bad time to be finding that out. Terrible time to find <laughs> it's it. It's too late. And and that's going back to knowing what your policy is before you decide to make a claim because if you end up with one of these contractors that says, yeah, yeah, no, we can get this approved, we can get your roof, your siding, maybe even your windows. Well, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is if you have one of those policies that Bill's talking about, the more items that are approved, whether you think you needed them replaced or not, maybe the windows were just a little dented, and you could have lived without them. Well, it, the more items that get approved for replacement on that insurance claim, the more money out of pocket you'll be paying right. because you're not fully covered on those items. But once the insurance company deems that those are damaged, you have an obligation to move forward and actually have them replaced. Or maybe you don't have an obligation, but then there's a set of consequences that come oh, that's right. on the back end there. Right? That's right. So 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 be careful that uh, the that when you're you're either having your uh you're switching companies and getting a lower premium um or your your insurance agent is talking about the things that they're helping you do to control your premium expenses be careful that you're not le- ending up in a situation where you're not going to get enough money to repair your home if there's damage yeah i mean sometimes that $30 in savings a year uh, might not actually be worth it in the long run to have whatever got you that right that's, you, that's you might have been better off paying that over a however long period of time Well, folks, if you haven't caught one of Bill's segments in the past, uh, Bill is the owner and president of Minnesota Construction Law Services. He actually helps us uh, at All Around stay in compliance. He helps us with uh, collection issues, disputes, um, and just uh, regular, everyday, common-sense questions, things that we need to know. Uh, He keeps us grounded. He keeps us uh, in line, and uh, it makes for a better experience for both us 
and our customers. He's even been known to help an old lady cross the street uh, from time to time. Right, Bill? At, at le- we've, we've gotten at least as far as the double yellow line, and, and occasionally we do make it all the way across the street, Charles. That's correct. <laughs> right. uh, awesome. Uh, and and you don't shy away from homeowners that, that may have a question here or there uh, as well, but primarily you work with contractors, correct? Primarily we represent contractors, and, and, and our goal is to help them um, be better business people, mm-hmm. um, better understand all the rules and, and requirements that they have to operate under so that they don't have problems when they work with their their homeowner customers. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, fully recommend him myself. Of course, I, I think I speak for the Polish Powerhouse yes. as well. Great. Bill, what's the contact info? What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, they can either reach us by phone, uh, 651-484-4412, 4412 or visit our website at www.mncls.com, www.mncls.com. Charles, thanks much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on. That's it, folks. Another great show in the books. Have a great weekend, and God bless. Hey, Charles.